Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. But uh, we started this new series called Selfless. Rather than saying, you know, this is a new year, it's an opportunity for a new me, we said, what, what if we ran with the idea of this is a new year, but this year I'm going to decide to, to, to put at the front of my life less of me. I'm going to let Jesus have the front of my life. I'm going to put him first in all, uh, all that I do. It's, it's come to find out it's not actually a really easy thing to do because our culture is made up for all the things that, that we should put we, us, ourselves first, right? It's what do you want? Advertising and social media and everything is what do you want? When do you want it? Right now it's all about me. But we've seen specifically that if we will choose to put Jesus, put Christ first in all that we do, Man, our lives can change for the better. The world around us can change for the better. And here in this year, that's what I want. I want my life to be better than what it was last year. I want your guys' lives, your family life to be better. And ultimately, as we continue to choose to put Jesus first, I hope that the world around us and what we live in gets better. You guys down with that? Perfect. So today and for the next couple of days, uh, we're going to talk about some practical ways that we can specifically say, hey, you know what, Jesus, in this area of my life, when it comes to this, I'm going to put you first, okay? So let me pray for us, and we'll jump right in. You guys ready? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Florida weather and flip-flops. I thank you that we are not freezing right now. Uh, I pray for our friends that are up north. Uh, I thank you for where you allow us to, to live, work, and play, and do life. I thank you for what you've called us to, the, the mission of telling people and showing people you as we choose to be self Less. I pray that through this message you would show me and, t- and tell me the exact words to say better than the words I've written down. I pray you let me communicate beyond what my ability would allow. And it's all for your glory. I thank you for what you're going to do here this morning. And everyone said amen. Amen. How many of you guys here like to people watch? Show of hands. Perfect. I love, man, I love people watching. Because there's so many weird people. So many weird people. If you don't believe me, after church, go to Walmart and just stand at an end aisle with a shopping cart. Doesn't even have to have anything in it. And just count all the weird things that you see. Raccoon hats and, oh my gosh, it's, it's absolutely fanta- fantastic. Uh, the Volusia Mall. You want to see some weird people, go to the Volusia Mall. No offense if you like shopping at the Volusia Mall. You're, not, you're definitely not one of those weird people, okay? Unless you're wearing Crocs with socks. Then you are one of those, one of those weird people. The Volusia Mall is the beach. I'm going to tell you something. You see some weird people at the beach. I see some guys, and I'm like, dude, I don't care if you are American, European, or a Martian. You shouldn't be wearing that. No one should. That should be illegal. But I, uh, I really love to people watch. I love the idea of, like, seeing the different people that are around us, the people that we get to do, we get to do life with. Here in America, lately, it's turned into this thing where that has kind of caught on, this idea of, of the attention being on people, to now we're to the point where some people, that's what they live for. They live for the idea of the attention being on them. Uh, there's this, we live in the age now where 
viral videos are just the craze, right? And uh, there's uh, viral YouTube, uh, sub not subscribers, what do you call it? Vloggers and, uh, and all those people. And it's to a point now where it's actually created this whole industry where people are actually making money. It's crazy. We have a, um, uh, uh, one of our kids that was in our youth ministry just, what, eight years ago, seven, seven eight years ago, is a millionaire now, lives in a different state, because at some point, just a couple years ago, he decided it'd be a smart idea to, on Instagram, put a video of him squeezing lemons in his eyes. And because of that, he is a viral sensation now. He's got, like, branding deals and everything like that. All because he did something where he said, look at me. Put the attention on me. And people loved it. People were entertained, which I'm praying for him because that's just crazy. That's, that's nuts. But... Regardless, we live in this age where people say, hey, put the, I want the attention, on, look at me, look at what I can do, look how hard I can work, look at the money that I can, I can, I can work for and, and save, look at the toys that I can buy, look at, look at all these things, look at me, look at me, look at me. But ultimately, what that brings in peace in our hearts is short-lived compared to what the peace of God can do. So when it comes today to us choosing to, to not say, you know what, a new year, new me, as we, as we start to choose new year, less of me, we start to look, what, is, what are the ways that we can actually put Jesus first? Because as followers of Christ, it's not supposed to be, hey, look what I can do. It's supposed to be, look, look what Jesus can do. Look what Jesus has done through me. Because I'm going to tell, tell you right now, the things that I'm capable of, the, the things that I can put together and I can plan, I can work hard for, the outcome of that is not very impressive. But if I choose Jesus, you tell me what you want me to do. I'm going I'm to do, do what you want me to do first. I'm going to put you first. When I, when I do that, man, the, Holy, the power of the Holy Spirit, something comes upon me and I'm able to do far beyond what I would have imagined could have happened before. I think specifically... When it comes to being a follower of Christ, it's more about the actions and the way that we live than the words that come out of our mouths. Would you guys agree with that? It's more about what we do than what we, what we say. And specifically, Jesus in the Bible, we see him talk about the importance of this action when it comes to serving. He says this in Matthew chapter 23, verse 11 through 12. He says, the greatest among you must be a servant, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, that totally messes up the culture that we're in now, which says, hey, attention on me. Let me show you what I can do. Let me show you what I have. Let me show you what I can get, right? Jesus completely, like, turns that record over and says, no. He says, the greatest among you must be a servant. And through the story of Jesus, we know that that's exactly what he did. He served. Humility, I believe, when it comes to being a follower of Christ is, is key. When it comes to, to living a life following him and putting him first, living life humble, I think, is extremely important. We've seen it through many, many stories throughout history. One of my favorites, though, is um, the story of King David. Uh, David was a, a king before the time of Jesus. Uh, and, uh, and they would have actually seen that through ancestral stuff that, uh, that King David would, was actually Jesus' like great, 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 great grandfather. 
I don't, if, I don't think I put enough greats in there, so don't hold me to that. But it's something along those lines. So King David was this warrior, right? We know him to, to be uh, someone who killed thousands of people uh, of the Israelites' enemies. We know him to be someone who slayed a giant. We know him to be someone that was smart and was uh, hardworking and was, uh, for the most part, a pretty great king. Someone that, you know, aside from the things that he didn't do correctly, it's kind of someone that we would aspire to be. But he didn't start out that way. He didn't start out as king. And we see the beginning of a story in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 17 through 18. It says this, it says, One day Jesse said to David, Jesse was David's father. David was the youngest of Jesse's sons. He said, Take this basket of roasted grain, and these ten loaves of bread, and carry them quickly to your brothers. Now his brothers were up and grown. They were out of the house, and they were actually out at the front at war with the Philistine army, where Goliath was coming and taunting them and, and making fun of God. And so he says, give these, these ten loaves, give these loaves and give this roasted grain to your brothers, and give these ten cuts of cheese to their captain. Now here's the thing. When, when we talk about this, like this doesn't sound like, the daily, you know, happenings of a king, right? This doesn't sound like some what a king would do. This sounds a lot more what a servant would do. And specifically in this case, this is exactly what David had to be. Jesse sent him and said, hey, I need you to go and serve your brothers and serve their leaders. I want you to take these things. I want you to help out. I want you to feed your brothers. And so he went and did it. And uh, Jesse asked him, he said, see I want you to see how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they're doing. In this story, David is not king. He's not warrior. He's not giant slayer. He's not poet or artist. He is a servant. He's, he's a shepherd, which we learned not so long ago was, was actually a dirty job. It was one have been one of the lowest of the low jobs. David, because he chose to serve, God opened up opportunity him to live in greatness. Because of him serving his brothers, he had the opportunity and defeated Goliath with the help of God. So when it comes to serving, we see throughout history of, of how when we choose humility, when we choose to serve others uh, before ourselves, uh, God's able to do some great things, but it's also the characteristic of Jesus. It's who Jesus is. And I think ultimately it's who we should be. Not so much that, that we should serve but I think as we are followers of Christ, I think being a servant should be who we are to the people around us. Jesus said one of the most important commandments, the, the law that all the rest of the laws were built on. He said, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And he said that the next one is just as equal to it. It should be paralleled with it. He says, love God, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love God, love people. And I think one of the best ways that we, can serve, that we can love people is to serve them. Our neighbors, the people that we live with, our husbands and our wives. Erica, I, I love you. I'm not good at serving. You're a fantastic server. I mean, from what, how many times my kids got to eat every day and he must have peed the bed like 14 times this week. Pray for us, please, people. Oh, my goodness. We're going through sheets like, like not even, it's not even funny. And even, I mean, you live with a very difficult husband. I thank you so much for all that you serve. It's a big deal. Serving 
makes all the difference. We see it in the characteristic of Jesus uh, in the book of John, chapter 13, verse 3 to 5. It says this, it says, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, he took off his robe. Now, now real quick, as it, let me set this up. These are the last days of Jesus, the very, some of the very last days. And as he's sitting around a table, the disciples start arguing amongst themselves of who is better, who, who is the most important. You know, there's Peter there, and Peter at some point has got to be saying, you know, well, you know, I'm the one that walked on water, so, you know, I walked, I walked with Jesus, so it's, it's got to be me. i got to be number one, Right? And John, in his, in his uh, writings, we actually start to refer, he refers to himself in the second person as the disciple whom Jesus loved, right? So he might have been trying to fight for that position a little bit. Who's, who's the number one of all the disciples? And as they're arguing about this, they're saying, hey, who's going to, who's going to be at your right hand? Who is, who's the most important here? Jesus stops them and does this to teach them who should be the most important. It says he knew that the Father had given him all authority over everything and that he had come from God and were to return to God. So Jesus got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. Now this was incredibly scandalous. Like this was not, this was completely lower than his social position would have allowed this is kind of, it's kind of a weird thing, right? Like if at any point you went over to, you know, uh, Patty Lee and Doug's house and Doug's sitting there, he's like, hey, I'm going to wash your feet before you come in. That'd be a little odd, right? Just a little bit. Don't get any ideas, okay? Let's not do that. Um, but in those days, it, it, it was something that could have happened specifically in this type of party scene, this type of like dinner happening. But it normally happened not by the master, not by the guy who was the leader. It happened by the servant that was the lowest of the low, at the bottom of the totem pole. He was the one that as people would come in, he would actually wash their feet, and it was not a fun job, mostly because feet are disgusting. I, I, I went to a concert a couple weeks back and wore flip-flops, and I wish I would have taken a picture of my feet afterwards. It was gross. It was like beer and cigarette ashes, and it was not fun. Can you imagine what feet are like back in those days when as you walk down the sidewalk, there isn't a sidewalk, it's just dirt. And on top of that, there's camels and donkeys and horses and everything else using the bathroom in the dirt, right? There's not a septic or sewage system, so everybody's waste gets thrown in the road. Feet would have been absolutely gross. But here Jesus is, the lead of the 12, goes and says, I'm going to wash everybody's feet. I'm going to take the position of the lowest of the low, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to serve you. And he says this after he washes their feet. John 13, verse 12. So after washing their feet, he put on his robe again, and he sat down and asked, Do you understand what, what, was, what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right because that is what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done. So Jesus, as he hears them arguing of who is, who's the best, who's greater, he says, that's not what following me, following me is about. It's about serving one another. 
and loving one another and helping one another. It's not about being selfish. It's not about me. It's about being selfless. And as we follow Christ, as we call ourselves Christians, which means to be like Christ, we're supposed to take his lead and do what he has done. Ultimately, as, as he is the King of kings and Lord of lords, we should be serving him, amen? But how do we do that? It's tough to serve someone you've never seen before. It's tough to help someone out that, that you've not actually had a, a voice-to-voice conversation with. How do, you, how do you serve Jesus as a Christian today? Well, he tells us how in Matthew chapter 25, verse 34 to 40. He talks about, specifically, he teaches them how do we serve. He says, then the king, as he's talking about this illustration, he says, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. Because I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirst, or, or saw you thirsty and give you something to drink? Or saw you as a stranger and showed you hospitality? Or naked and given you clothes? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will say, I will tell you the truth. When you did it for the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it unto me. That's how we serve Jesus, by serving the people around us. As he served us, we should serve the people that we do life with, the people that we go to work with, our husbands and our wives, our children, our neighbors. You know, I'm lucky I've got, some, uh, I've got a multitude of fantastic neighbors that live around me. Like we talk, we do life together, we hang out, we keep each other's stuff safe and whatnot. We've even started this like little like, like a group of like mowing guys where like whenever the yards need to be mowed, everyone doesn't go out and mow the lawn. They just, we just pick one person and they mow all the lawns. And then the next week, the next guy mows all the lawns. It's a fantastic way of how we just serve and love on one another. As I was people watching this past week, um, Erica and I, we were at a little uh, New Year's dinner party and... Um, my daughter, my daughter loves to interact with other people. And she does this uh, fantastic thing where she wants to serve like as a, as a waiter or as a waitress. We walked into McDonald's the other day and she says, I'm going to work here one day. And we said, oh gosh, can we, let's, no offense, if you, no, I mean, no problem if you work at McDonald's, but that's not what you want your kindergartner to aspire to, right? McDonald's employee. But she comes in this, in this party and she starts to like, serve everybody anything she can serve. She's like, would you like a bottle of water? She's bringing everybody waters. And it finally got to the point, like after she had gone through food and everything, she's like trying to get creative of like, what can I give people now? So she's like, everyone gets one napkin. So she's like, here's a napkin for you. And then it was olives, because that was the only thing left. So she gave everyone, you get an olive, and you get an olive. She goes around and she just, you could see the joy in her, in her heart, joy in her face, how much she just loved interacting and helping people. And as a father, that made, my, that made my heart swell up with joy. And I think that's exactly what God loves to feel. He loves to feel, he loves to see when his children serve and help those around him. 
the, the, the other people in their lives. He loves to see them go and use the, the things that are in front of them. Just what, you know, it, it was one of these things, Olivia wasn't, she didn't have a plan of what to give. She didn't go out and think, like, what can I give these people? It was just what was in front of her. With what she had already been given, she started to serve. And I think that Jesus wants the same thing for us. This year is not about a attention on me mentality. But it's about an attention on him. I'm telling you right now, Coastline is not here because we have uh, Erica and Brian leading this church. It's not about attention on me. It is everything about the attention on God. And I can tell you that because most of the great things that happen here have nothing to do with me. I didn't have ideas about them. I didn't have a plan for them. God just showed up. God brought the right people at the right time to do the right things. And because of it, the, the life that we live as Coastline Church continues to grow. I want to tell you about some of these people that God has used, that they've, they've decided to take the, the, the next step, and they've decided to serve the people that are around them. The first couple I want to talk about is Stan and Lisa. Stan and Lisa are not in here today. Oh, they are in here today. This is probably one of, one of the only times over the course of months that they're actually in service because Stan and Lisa more times than not actually serve in kids' ministry. And uh, it's not just like anything. They take care of the babies in kids' ministry. And I'm pretty sure that Stan has cleaned up more dirty diapers in kids' ministry than I have as a father. That wouldn't be a hard feat because I'm not really good at that stuff anyways, man. But they spend most of their, most of their time at Coastline which, is, which isn't, uh, we, we don't hope that someone serves most of their time at Coastline in a, in a place of ministry, but they, those guys do. They watch online when they get home and stuff like that. But because of, because of what you guys do, man, like my kids have some great people that love them during this time that we're learning. They have, they, they have some people in there that are, are teaching them how much Jesus loves them. And I know that has gonna, that's going to have a lasting impact for their lives to come. And I'm thankful for you guys, for how you serve us, how you serve the people around you. It's a big deal. We got people like Alan and Shelly Ward, but they're not here today. But uh, Alan and Shelly, they are here? They're serving right now. They're serving kids ministry right now. Alan and Shelly got three kids, and, man, raising three kids is a full-time job in its own self. But Alan's also a fireman in Orlando. And so I don't, know if I, I don't know how many times Alan has served a 24-hour shift as a fireman, gotten off at like 7 o'clock in the morning, and been at church at 9 o'clock to then teach kids' church. And if it wasn't for those guys, the fantastic children's ministry we have over there wouldn't happen. And they don't do it because they want the attention or they want anyone to even know that they're doing it. They do it because they love Jesus and they, they know that part of loving Jesus is serving the community that God has put them in. And so they teach kids and they play games with kids. They don't have it easy. They have elementary school kids. That's, that, that's like really tough. You better wear your something, right? Eat your Wheaties that morning. Chris uh, Williams is a very good friend of mine. Uh, that's Alan Shelley and kids ministry. Go back to the other one real quick. Like Alan is not the dad that's just like sitting there by Shelly's side as she teaches it all. He jumps right in. It's absolutely fantastic. 
Chris Williams is a good friend of mine and uh, has been for uh, almost two years now. And uh, he is one of the hardest working, working fools I've ever met in my entire life. He runs his own business, is an entrepreneur. Uh, their business is international, so him and his wife are constantly flying to China and everywhere else. He puts more time in working than of anyone else that I know. Driving most, I mean, he's driving to Orlando every day, back and forth. Still spends time with his family and is a fantastic father. And is here every Sunday at 7.30, helping with setup, and he'll be one of the last guys to leave, helping with teardown. A couple weeks ago, he got surgery on his foot. Doctor said, you're supposed to stay off of it. I can't keep the guy from not showing up and helping to serve. You know why he does it? Not so that I'll call him out in the middle of church. He, right now, he's cringing, I promise you that. But he does it because he loves Jesus, and he knows part of that means loving the people around him and serving. Even, uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago, yeah, he was tearing up trees and stuff like that at a surf project we did. Another guy's Danny Harness. Probably all of you guys have seen him sitting at the front door. He's been at Coastline more Sundays in a row than I've been at Coastline. It's like the mayor of Coastline. He does it because he loves you and because he knows the importance of a smiling face to a family that's been arguing in the minivan on the ride over here. Because he loves you, because he loves Jesus. Lastly, but certainly not least, this is someone that serves my family, serves our church so incredibly much, but Megan Schmidt. Megan Schmidt is a, uh, she's not here today. She, uh, but she is one of the most hardworking people here at Coastline Church. A single mom, four kids, two jobs. She might put more, in, more hours here than I do. She helps serve for any event that we've got coming up. She's gonna help out with tacos in the pat, with the pastor. Her kids run the tech ministry. They love it because they love you. Because they love Jesus. So I wanna challenge you in, in 2020, this year, as we continue to choose new year, less of me, I'm not going to be selfish, I'm going to be selfless. As you choose that this year, I want to challenge you to serve the people around you. It doesn't have to be at Coastline Church, but it can be. We've got plenty of opportunity. Maybe it's time for you to walk next door to your neighbors, say, hey, can I mow your grass for you? Maybe it's time to bring them a couple, couple pans of brownies or something like that. But I promise you, if, if you'll serve the people around you, you'll do more for the kingdom than you'll even know. You'll do more for yourself than you'll even know. I am today a better man than I am, than I was, because I've chosen to say every time, because it's true, that God can do more with me than I can do with myself. I'm gonna tell you, one of the best decisions I ever made was to follow him and stand here obedient to say, Jesus, I'm gonna say whatever you tell me to say. And today for this new year, as we choose new year, less of me, as you want to experience peace in this new year, I want to challenge you to serve the people around you. There's a couple ways that we can do this. The, the way here at Coastline is I'm going to uh, give you an opportunity even right now. If you want to, pull out your phone where you're at. Uh, you can pull it out of your pocket. If you've been looking at it on the Bible, you can. If you've been scrolling Facebook, it's all right, man. I'm not going get, to get mad at you. I don't know what's going on. But you pull it out, and if you want to serve... 
If you want to take this next step and love on the people around you, you can text the word serve, S-E-R-V-E, to 386-200-9818. And this, so you guys know, this isn't anything where this is a little text service that we use. You're actually going to be talking to Erica and me here later on uh, in the week. But this is a great first step. It's going to ask you some questions. Hey, maybe there's an area that you would like to serve. And if there's none of them, that's all right. Leave a question like, hey, where can I best be used? It doesn't have to be every week. It doesn't even have to be once a month. But there's something about choosing to serve Jesus through serving the people that he's put in front of you. So I want to challenge you to take that next step. Last thing is this. If you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, I want to tell you that, uh, man, I grew up as a broken individual, always searching for what the next thing I thought would bring me peace or would make me feel fulfilled, and I could not find anything. Man, I tried just about everything. But the day I said, Jesus, come into my life and have your way, and you show me what's next, and I'll do it, change my life for the better, and it's been better ever since. And so if you're struggling through a difficult time, if you're having a tough life right now, I want to challenge you to continue to choose Jesus first. And it's always the right answer. I promise you. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here today and you say, I want to start a relationship with Jesus. I want him to do something amazing in my life. I want to see him alive today working in me. And so I choose him. So that's you for the first time. I want you to put a hand up and I want you to put it right back down. This is just for you. I'm not going to ask you to come up here to the front. I'm not going to ask you to stay after service or anything. But if you're here and you're like, I want to start a relationship with Jesus, you put a hand up and you put it right back down. Lastly, if you're here and you'd say, starting today, I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I want to serve the people around me like he served the people around him. And today, I accept the challenge to love on people and to serve them the way Jesus wants me to. If that's you, I want you to put a hand up and put it right back down. Yes. Jesus, as these people raise their hands, I ask that you would show them, your Holy Spirit would show them the ways that they can love and serve on the people around them, the people that they go to work with, the people that they live with, the people that they surf and fish with. And I pray ultimately that through our actions, people would experience the kingdom. They would see who you are, not by what we say or how we communicate what church we go to, but how we love on them and how we serve them. God, as we choose you, I pray you'd continue to bless us and show us what is next. We love you so much. Have your way. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.